out a labored sigh and nods his head. Yes, and Evelyn. You know, Nana raised you just as much as I did. She was a mother when Evelyn couldn't be, so yes, she's protective. I'm proud of you for forgiving Evelyn for the past, for understanding things far beyond your years. I need you to forgive Nana, too, for not letting go of the past. They both love you. They just don't like each other very much. But that's not for you to worry about. I know he's right. Nana was against me attending Orland's Academy from the start. I know she'll miss me something fierce, and I'll be sick without her, too. Her house is only a short four-wheeler ride away on our thousand-acre ranch. The path to Nana's is a hard dirt trail, the grass never having a chance to sprout. Evelyn, my biological mother, took off when I was three years old. Declan had just turned a year. From that day forward, Nana served the role of both grandmother and mother. There is no poor me story here, no need to drown my sorrows or relish some overpriced psychologist with stories of my fears of abandonment and commitment. I was loved, harder and bigger than most people are granted in a lifetime. I can shoot a target with a rifle at 300 yards, bait a fishing line, and drive a tractor better than most country boys, thanks to Dad. I can accessorize better than a Hollywood starlet and bake a cake that would make Betty Crocker hang her head in shame, thanks to Nana. And there is never a shortage of hugs at our house. I have never felt the loss of my mother. I'm sure I cried when she left, and I bet I'd missed her in the way a three-year-old child would, but I have no memory of it. Nana had slid right into her place, and life had gone on the way it always had on River's Ranch. It was like Evelyn was erased off the chalkboard of our lives, never to be thought of again. Until two years ago, that is, when Evelyn had taken a wistful look back at what she'd left behind— and that was when I'd began to wonder about the who's and why's of the woman who'd left us all those years ago. I'll be sweet, Dad. I know she wants what's best, I say, hating to hurt Nana with my choices. She'll forgive me in time. It's her way. Jeez, shake a leg, Lo. There's a River's Men burping contest planned for tonight. We'll never make it back in time if we don't leave soon. I've already got the root beer in the fridge, Declan complains as he passes in the hall, wearing nothing but his tidy whiteies while he scratches his butt. I raise my eyebrows at my dad, and he shrugs. Totally his idea. Stay away from that dope, young lady, Nana says as I stifle a giggle. She narrows her eyes at me, and I push my lips together and busy myself with my pancakes. Nana's so funny. It's all that dope to her. Weed, cocaine, crack, or freaking fertilizer. It makes no difference in the world. Poor boy, girl, man, woman. He was up on that dope. I've heard it a hundred times, and it always cracks me up. I shovel in a mouthful of pancakes and nod solemnly. My full mouth serves as plausible deniability. There's no reason for her to know smoking a joint in the barn with our neighbor, Daryl, happens more often than not on Saturday nights.
Who can blame me? There are only so many bonfires, cow tippings, and Friday nights at the Sonic Drive-In a girl can stand without a little herbal enhancement. Seriously, this one-horse town practically drove me to the ganja. Don't entertain those street performers, either. You take out your wallet on the street and give them some money? Someone'll see, and you'll surely get mugged. She douses her pancakes in maple syrup, while nodding her head knowingly. I won't be venturing out much on my own, Nana. The school is strict about, and if they tell you they know where you got your shoes, just walk away. It's a trick. She interrupts while jabbing her syrup-covered fork at me. I chew my pancakes and wait to see if she's finished. It's been a laundry list of rules and warnings since my big toe hit the kitchen tile. A few moments pass, and I think she may finally be finished.